All right. We're going to get you to grab a seat, if you wouldn't mind. Um, let me say good morning to everybody who is here in the house with us as well, to those of you who are online. My name is Sean. I'm one of the pastors here on this team, and I'm excited that you're here today. Are you excited to be in church today? All right, this is good. Now, I'm going to show you uh, momentarily a picture on the screen, and I want you to see if you can recognize the commonality, what, I'm, what I want you to kind of walk through. So in 2008, I had a fantastic opportunity of traveling overseas, and I went specifically into the countries of Spain and England. Don't know if you've ever been there before, but it was fascinating. This is kind of some of the stuff that I had seen when I was overseas and online. Now, you're going to take a look at it, and you're going to try to see what is similar out of all of it, and you probably land on it quite quickly, some of the things. But why this was fascinating to me is like I'm a, I'm a big fan when it comes to architecture, and this was my first time into European countries, and what I was experiencing at the moment was something I've never seen before in Canada. So our, our country is relatively young compared to some of the buildings alone that I was able to see in both Spain and England, and I loved it. In specific, um, you'll notice that there were these different doors or there were these different gates that I experienced everywhere. Like, and we're talking thousands of years old, some of these buildings and spaces. Now I know some of you are probably looking at this, these pictures and you're thinking the top right one, that seems accurate for you, you know, like you should be, be, be behind bars or something like that. Um, now, but you will notice that in the bottom right corner, here I am in Spain and I really want to enter into that courtyard, but there's this gentleman right behind me and he was giving me the eye the whole entire time. I then transferred myself over to England. I thought, I'm going to just go have, you know, some tea with the queen. Like, so I walked right up to their gates and these guys in their red jackets kind of met me with some guns and stuff, and I'm like, I get the picture, okay. So like, but these ideas of doors and gates, we know this about doors and gates. Um, they really represent two things. There's two purposes for them. The, the idea of a door or a gate is to stop you from getting in, or it is to allow you to come in. Now, where are my people in the building who, when you see a door or a gate that is closed and it tells you that you cannot, how many of you are like, yes, I can, and I'm going to go for it, right? Let's see those rebels that are in the house today. But these are the purposes of doors and gates. And so in my opportunity of being there, I learned a lot. And so there are some things out of there that I'm going to pull into our conversation today. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to go to John chapter 10. If you don't, I'm going to have the words on the screen for you as well. But this is what it says, and, and this is Jesus speaking. He is continuing in our series of I am, and we're about to find out the next I am. This is what it says. I tell you the truth. Now, interestingly enough, if you were to pull out an older version of this very verse, it would say something like this. Truly, truly, I say unto thee. When you see the duality of the word truly in its original context, this is what is being communicated. Jesus is saying, pay attention to what I'm about to let you know right now. So he says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate or door for him. So again, depending on your translation, you're going to see these interchangeable words of door and gate. 
But the sheep recognize his voice, and they come to him. And so he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. And they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Now, those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. And so he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate. Somebody say, I am the gate. I am the gate or the door for the sheep. And all who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate, the door, and those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy, but my purpose is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. And then Jesus gives us another I am. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd sacrifices his life for his sheep. As you've read the word of the Lord with me today, let's pray. Father, I, I thank you again for this time that we're able to look at your word, and I thank you for your statements, Jesus. And I pray today again that you will teach us through your word. And in particular, this section said that my sheep know my voice. So I pray that in everything today, that we would hear the voice of the Father. We would hear what Jesus has to say. So teach us and shape us to be more like you, is what I pray. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. This morning I want to speak to us from the subject, um, dumb, directionless, and defenseless. So I'll explain this in a few minutes. A couple weeks ago, actually over the last couple weeks, Pastor Tyson has been giving us the messages in the I Am series. And I got to tell you, uh, you need to go listen to them. If you have not listened to them, go online, check it out. Especially last week's one where we spent some time around I Am the Resurrection and Life and Healing, what all that means. Fantastic message. Thank you, Pastor Tyson, for doing that. But I want to go back to two weeks ago when he spoke because what he did is he kind of set the stage of where I need to go with this text actually today. So what happens is in John chapter 9, we are introduced to this man who has been born blind. Jesus comes and he has an interaction with this gentleman and he does this. He bends down, he picks up some dirt, he spits into it, makes a little bit of mud, a little bit of salve, and he puts it onto the blind guy's eyes. And as Pastor Tyson alluded to a couple weeks ago, this is probably the grossest miracle that Jesus ever did. But this is what he did. And he puts that onto the guy's eyes and he's healed. And in that statement of him healing him through it, he makes the statement about himself. And he said that I am the light of the world. And the moment that Jesus makes that declaration, there is chaos in the camp. The Pharisees and the teachers are besides themselves that Jesus would make this claim because it alluded to God the Father, the God that they were following out of the Old Testament. They were just so irate that Jesus would make this claim. And so these people, um, in their kind of chaotic nature, they start running around town. They start bringing in the parents of the kid. They start going to the kid multiple times, and they're like, is this true? Finally, the, the, the man is like, listen, I could not see this morning. He touched my eyes. I can now see he is the son of God, period. And they were trying to find the loopholes because they thought what Jesus was teaching was blasphemy. How dare you heal? How dare you do that by Sabbath? And they were just not impressed. And it is here at the end of chapter 9 
where Jesus then brings a little bit of the context for you and I today to understand why are you calling yourself a door and a gate? So this is what it is. In chapter 9, verses 39 to 41, it says this. Jesus told them, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Now, some of those crazy teachers, the Pharisees, who were standing nearby heard him, and they asked, are you saying we're blind? And this is what Jesus says. If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, but you remain guilty because you claim you can see. So Mike dropped Jesus in that moment, totally calling out these people, and it really leads us to where we are coming to in this text. For Jesus to make his claim, I am the gate, I am the door, what he is ultimately saying is to these Pharisees and these teachers, and he is calling them out and he is rebuking them for being religious leaders who are signed off as false shepherds. They are teaching things, they are saying things that are not of the kingdom of God, and he wants them to know, in that moment, I am going to call you out, and so he does. In fact, we would also see that in Matthew chapter 7, verses 15, Jesus makes this statement. He says, beware of false prophets. So he's identifying the fact that there are false prophets. There are teachers that are in our world today that are communicating a message that is not what Jesus would want. He says, I want you to beware of these false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep. Somebody say sheep, but are really vicious wolves. So he's just setting the stage. This is what I'm about to talk about. We got some people running their mouths lately, and they're not running them the way I need them to run them. But if you were to back up just one verse out of chapter 7, this is also what Jesus says. He says, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate or door. The highway to hell, popular song in our culture today, the highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few will ever find it. Jesus just set in the stage. There are teachers around. There are people, false prophets, and they are saying things that are not right. And I want you as sheep to be aware of what is being taught. And so in this story that we see, there's a lot of stuff actually going on here right now. We've got Jesus talking about a gate and a door. What is that all about? We got Jesus talking about sheep. What is that all about? And then we've got this language of a shepherd now coming into play. Now, for the sake of the story, we're going to leave the shepherd part to next week because that's going to be the next I am. But we're going to camp around this idea of the gate and the door and a little bit on the sheep. So... I remember back in Bible college, um, one thing, like there's only one thing I kind of ultimately remember from my Bible college days. <laughs> Besides all the theology and stuff that we preach and teach, uh, there was one, there's just one thing that has always run through my head over and over again. I remember the, the, the course, I remember the teacher, and the teacher one day just said this remark and, and said this statement. He, he said, sheep are stupid. And I'm like, okay, you know, that, it caught my attention. I've never been able to let go of this statement. Now, could it be a strong statement? Uh, perhaps some of you may think differently of sheep, but he just said, sheep are stupid. 
And I thought, well, that's a little strong. How about this? And so I, I said something just a few moments ago. What about instead of stupid, we went with dumb, directionless, and defenseless, right? So I, I just wanted to lower the blow, and I'm going to tell you why in just a moment. Because like I said, some of you, you love sheep. You're like, they're so cute and cuddly. I mean, I just want to curl up and have a sleep on their wool or something like that. Some of you would love to go to sleep every single day by listening to the bah, bah, bah. I don't know why you would do that, but it's you. Okay, that's all right. But you have all these things. And some people would say, how dare you say that sheep could be stupid or dumb or all those things? Because Jesus was referred to as a lamb. And so we've got all of these positions, but let me kind of go on the idea of, of this, this dumb, directionless, defenseless thing just for a moment. A story was told of a farmer who had a door, and the sheep were getting through the door, so he decided to outsmart them, and all he did is he kind of tacked up some tape half, halfway through the door. Fair enough. But the sheep kind of caught on to what was going on, and soon enough, those sheep would approach the door with all the string, and they couldn't do it, and the sheep decided to start jumping. Now, I don't know if you know this about sheep, but sheep are actually really good jumpers. So they have this ability. So the farmer's like, oh, no, what am I going to do? So he's like, well, this is kind of defeatist. He actually took down the string. And guess what happened? The next time that that sheep came up to the door, they didn't walk just through. They actually decided to jump again. There was no string there. Perhaps dumb? Maybe. Eastern Turkey, uh, there is this story told of 1,500 unattended sheep. What happens is that 400 of those sheep walk themselves to a cliff and decide to plummet over, trampling over each other. 400 of them die. And then there's still 1,100 sheep who, stopped, who decided to follow suit. And they as well went over the cliff because they were unattended by the shepherd that was supposed to be there. Except the good part for those 1,100 sheep is that the 400 before them became the world's largest pillow. And it actually saved the rest of the sheep. No, no, kidding, no kidding, this is a true story. And about $75,000 in that currency was lost that day by that shepherd. I mean, you think about all of these things. Could it truly be, is my, my Bible college professor right? Sheep are stupid, or are they just more dumb and maybe, you know, all of those pieces over here. And then you realize that there's something really significant for those of us who do this thing called faith and follow this person whose name is Jesus. Because did you know that the word sheep is mentioned over 500 times in the Bible for two specific reasons? Number one, for agricultural gain, and number two is because it is symbolic for God's people. And I see the, the lights coming on right now for some of you. So you're calling me dumb, directionless, and defenseless. You know, I want you to hear today, I chose this title because it describes me, actually. It describes me as a sheep. I, I'll admit that there have been times when I have done some pretty dumb things when it's come to my faith. There have been times in my life when I've been directionless, where I have chosen not to follow the way Jesus wanted me to go, and that got me into some trouble. And I will admit that there are many times when I've been defenseless, not knowing what to do, and I identify with sheep. And maybe that title um, resonates better with me because I just don't like calling myself stupid. <laughs> I, I don't know, but there's something here that, I resonate with. Now, Jesus, to his first century audience, they understood it. 
I mean, we don't have sheep walking up the street here in Colwood, right? Um, we don't have shepherds that are abundantly around. But for the first century hearer of this, they knew sheep. They knew the shepherd, and they knew what was going on. And so to, to help us understand that just a little bit better today, we have to create a little bit of a mental picture around what was happening. So what would happen in whatever town you were a part of, every single night, shepherds, they would bring their sheep to a common fold. So let's, for the sake of our conversation today, say that this room is the common sheepfold. So this is it. So every single day at night, the shepherd would bring their sheep into the cage, so to speak. And it shows us that in order to get to the common fold, it says, as Jesus is telling them, that there is only, there's only one door. There's only one door in, there's only one door out. And you can't get into the sheep unless you come through the door or the gate. And so what begins to take place is that a shepherd would bring my sheep, here are my sheep, and he would tell the sheep to go in. But there was one individual who stood at the door. It was the gatekeeper. It was the doorkeeper. That gatekeeper had one purpose, and this was the purpose. When all of the shepherds were gone to get their sleep, the gatekeeper would then take his spot at the gate door and would just sit here. The purpose of this was so that there were no animals that could come in to harm the sheep. The other part was that no thief or no robber could come into the gatefold to get the sheep. The gatekeeper sat here all night keeping watch while everybody else slept, while the sheep did their thing. This was what the gatekeeper did. And Jesus, in his picture and in his metaphor, is trying to help the people understand something critical about their lives. So through the night, as the gatekeeper kept watch, morning came. And what would happen in morning is the shepherds would come back. And very uniquely, a gatekeeper would stand here waiting for the shepherd. And as the moment the shepherd stood here, the shepherd would call out to his sheep by name. He would actually call the sheep this. For instance, he'd say, hey, Sean the sheep, why don't you come and help me? Come. And so this is what Jesus is trying to build as a picture. One common fold, but only one door. There's only one access point. There's only one way to get in. And Jesus says, I am that door. I am that gate. Now, what is Jesus ultimately doing? What he is communicating to his crowd that day is that there are people, teachers, false prophets, the Pharisees, and all they are trying to do to the sheep is to speak deceptiveness and destructiveness because sheep can be fooled quite easily. Guilty. Jesus is building this picture, and then he does it. He identifies two people in the story as he is the gatekeeper, the doorkeeper. He identifies thieves and robbers. In verse 8, we are shown that he gives, them, gives us two people. Number one, a thief. The purpose of a thief is to deceive and to bring trickery. We would begin to put people like Satan in this topic. We would begin to look at the Pharisees and the teachers of the law as thieves. That's what Jesus is communicating. He takes the robber, 
who brings violence and destruction. And Jesus is just, he's just painting a picture. These type of people are coming for the sheep. And guess what today? You and I, we're the sheep. And guess what's coming? Thieves and robbers. So Jesus is like, pay attention to this. Do not miss this moment because I actually do have a remedy for you. Now, we know, I believe, that in this world, there are false teachers. Perhaps you have heard some. Perhaps you are listening to some, even currently. There are false teachers, and all they're doing is trying to teach you and I things that are not of Jesus and his kingdom. See, we have to begin to align knowing what Jesus would do rather than what the other would do. And the, the, the interesting part of this is that we sheep, we're really good at herd mentality. Like we like to do this together, and this is important for us today, because we look at those things which are charismatic, attractive, shiny, and we run there together because that's what sheep do. For instance, I think some of us have listened to teaching that would tell you this. You just take care of yourself. You do whatever you want to do, and Jesus will love you the same. Now, there's truth there, isn't there? Jesus will love you, no matter what you do, no matter where you go. But to just do whatever you want to do, eh, that's not right. That's not what Jesus has for us. We could continue the story about living a certain lifestyle. I am permiss I'm permissible to do all these things, and yet Jesus is saying, no, 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 that's, gonna not, that's not going to do you well. Some of us in this world today, we've listened to the narratives that there are many ways to get to God, to get to heaven, and all of this stuff, but Jesus is saying, no, like, I am it. We have hot topics of conversation in our own country wrapped around identity and sexuality, and Jesus has a say in this for our lives as well. Do not be lost, folks, when it comes to the false teachers that are trying to communicate a narrative that is not Jesus Christ. Which, which I have to say, I've listened to some of those narratives. Me, I've listened to them, and this is what I would say. It's pretty dumb, to be quite honest. To think that I could be smarter than the great I am, who is my shepherd. And he's saying, Sean, follow this way, because when you do, there's going to be life in it. But when you don't, you're going to experience death. I've often thought that in my life as a sheep, um, I'm directionless too. To be quite honest with you, uh, I need to be led because I need help. I know that about me. And there is this idea that we do see in Scripture that this identification of sheep is that, it, I believe it's in Isaiah, it reads that, that I'm prone to wander. Sheep, all of us, like sheep, have strayed away, prone to wander. And I don't want to listen to the things that, that Jesus has for me. But let me say this. For those of us who like to wander here and there, you're, you're nothing more than a good old Snickers bar to a vicious wolf just waiting to have his lunch. It's you. You wonder why Jesus tells us today 
that it is important to do this thing called faith in community and not isolation because we are a herd mentality. You are better in community. And when you wander, I'm just here to tell you, there's an enemy who's coming and he wants nothing more than to pick you off. And then defenseless, defenseless, sorry. Help, I've fallen and I can't get up. That didn't come from a, some cute little commercial. It came from sheep. Do you know that when a sheep is pushed over, it can't get up? It just can't, unless another one of its friends comes and nudges it along, or its shepherd picks it up. Too many times I have been defenseless, and many times I've been reminded, hey, Sean, I know that you get to shepherd some sheep in Callwood Church, but you are a sheep yourself, son. And many times he's had to pick me up. And you want to know why he's had to pick me up is because I've been wounded, which is another thing a sheep cannot do. It cannot fix its own wounds. It needs its shepherd to come alongside and to help it stand back up. Let me ask you, does any of this sound familiar to your story? Because this is me. At times in my life, I have been dumb, directionless, and defenseless. But it leads me to this one realization. I so desperately need a shepherd. I can't do it on my own. And so Jesus then steps in and says, I got a solution for you, Sean. And I got a solution for you today. So will you take a look at this? Jesus makes the statement that he is the door and he is the gate to a rich and satisfying life. If you by any chance today are experiencing a, a life that is not as life-giving as what I have just described it to be, perhaps I could introduce you to the gate, to the door, that you would allow Jesus who says, when you come to me, when you come through me, I will give you an extremely satisfying life. And I will say this about my own life. I need that. I want that. And this pastor here, he wants that for you, that you would desire a rich and satisfying life, which only comes through Jesus. But he says, do not be deceived, because there are teachers and prophets who are coming, and they're going to try to take you off course. But know that I am the gate. And twice in these 10 verses, we are given a, a, a beautiful claim, actually, by Jesus. In verse 2, we see a messianic claim. It's a messianic office claim, which comes out of the, the book of Ezekiel, which says this, For this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search and I will find my sheep. It is in reference to Israel who had wandered. It's in reference to those of us sitting in Colwood Church or online with Colwood Church today, saying God is like, I know that I'm going to come and find you. It's prophetic. It was saying that a shepherd was going to come into this world. And as we've celebrated Jesus' death and resurrection around the communion table today, we understand that the shepherd has come. So that's the first instance that Jesus is referring to himself as the door and the gate. And the second one comes in verse 7, where he just out flat says, I am the door and I am the gate. This is it. Come through me and find life. And there are two things that I see about this door and this gate. Who is Jesus? The first thing I see is that Jesus calls his sheep 
by name. I want you to hear me today, whatever your name is in this room. Jesus knows your name. I love this about this shepherd. He knows your name. You may think that you are in the background. You may think that you are unseen today, unloved, or hopelessness is settled in. I want you to know that it says this about this door and this gate. He knows you by name. In fact, in the Eastern culture, the shepherds named every single one of their sheep. So when they came to the fold that night and that morning, as they called out, one shepherd would be like, hey, I need you. And at the mention of his voice, all of the good little sheep came along. And then the next shepherd would come and he'd talk to his sheep over here and over here and over here. And then all the balcony, because we don't forget you. We just see you there. Each shepherd by name. And Jesus is saying, I got all of you in my mind. The second thing that I see about Jesus is he provides leadership and he provides protection for your life. So it says that he will lead his sheep and he will go in front of them. This is what you get with this door and this gate, is that he will go before you and he will be your lead and he will be your protection. This is his promise to you and I today. Now, although um, we have given sheep a pretty bad rap so far this morning, um, did you know that there are some excellent qualities as well? that come from sheep. Number one, you can jump really well, apparently. You're soft cushioning for somebody else, perhaps. I mean, we could do a lot of things here with this. But the thing that I want to pull out of this text that is super important for me is it says this about us as sheep. The sheep know his voice. The sheep know the shepherd's voice, which means if you don't know the the shepherd's voice, what this means is that you've got to learn to become more familiar with what does his voice say. You want to know one of the primary ways that you could know the voice of the shepherd? This book that I hold in my hand. If you're not reading this, you're not knowing his voice. And you need to build that system inside of you that allows for you to understand and to know his voice. Sheep knew how to flee from strangers. If it wasn't their shepherd's voice, they were gone, and they randomly moved around. But the interesting part is that they were experts at discerning the voice of their shepherd. And that's in you. That's in me. Some of us think, well, I can't know Jesus' voice and direction for my life. I'm here to tell you, yes, you can, because he knows your name by voice, and he is looking for you and I to pay attention to what he is saying and what he is leading us in. Us sheep, we're really notorious for actually following the leader. That could be a very good thing. That could be a very dangerous thing. But I say all that to say this. It's not how much you know, but who you know. Why I say this is because the Pharisees and the teachers, they knew a lot right here. They knew the words inside and out, but you want to know what they didn't know? The fact that the door was standing right in front of their eyes and they couldn't accept them. So to me today, it's not how much you know. Yes, your theology is going to be important, but it's who you know, and his name is Jesus, who is the door, and he is the gate to life. See, you and I today, we are the sheep. At times, we can be dumber. 
but I definitely resonate with the idea that I've been directionless many times. I need help because I know that there are teachers out there that are trying to take me off of my game. So there have been times where I'm defenseless. And as Jesus has so beautifully showed us this morning, there is an enemy. And that enemy is coming. Whether you like it or not, coming. And that enemy's purpose for your life is to seek, to kill, and to destroy you. Now, we are all in that boat together. We've got an enemy on the prowl. Vicious wolf, Snickers bar. But Jesus says, when you come to me as the door and the gate, you come to an extremely satisfying life. A life that will be rich and full. And he really sets the page for his declaration. I am the good shepherd. You got to come next week and hear the message on this. It's going to be fantastic. But here today, he says, I'm it. I'm the entry point. And once you come into that sheepfold, the reality is, is that Jesus stands as your protector and your guide. We submit to his voice as the shepherd, as we'll learn more next week. But today he stands there and he says, what are you going to do with them? Will you accept me or will you not? Will you walk with satisfying life or destructive life? It's your choice. You have an option here in this room today. So as a good sheep, what will you do with the door and the gate? Let's pray. In verse 9 of this story that we just read, Jesus says, yes, I am the door and the gate. And those who come in through me will be saved. And perhaps today you've never known the saving grace of Jesus Christ in your life. You know, perhaps you have walked a different journey. Today Jesus is saying, not just your eternal life is at stake with these moments, but right now. Eternity begins right now. It doesn't begin when you're dead. And Jesus says, if you accept me as the gate, that's where your life will happen. So as I scan this room, Perhaps you're saying, Sean, I need that gate. I need that door in my life today. His name is Jesus, and he loves you a lot. And today, he allowed you to be in a position like this to hear that he loves you, and he wants to be your guide and your lead. So today in this room, if, if you would like to accept Christ as your door, as your gate to life, on the count of three, I'll have you raise your hand and look at me in the eyes, and then you can stick your hand back down. And if you're online listening with us today, too, you can click that link and accept there as well. But if you want to make Jesus the door or the gate of your life today, on the count of three, one, two, three. Is there anybody here in this room? Thank you, thank you, yeah, thank you, thanks, thank you. 
for those that did raise your hand. Just repeat under your breath with me. Father, I thank you today that you, you brought me to this space to hear that you brought a solution for my satisfying, my rich life. And that person is Jesus. And Jesus, I, I thank you today that you love me. And I've heard this morning that you died for me, for my sins, and that you are my entry point to this life. And so today, Jesus, I surrender who I am to you. I know I don't have all the answers, so I may not have all the wisdom needed, but I ask God that today you help me exchange my ignorance to wisdom, because that's what you do. I pray today that you will allow me to, to walk into the idea of having direction now, that you're going to set my feet on a pattern that's going to be good for you, and that you will come to my defense today. You'll pick me back up. And I thank you that you welcome that today. And so I give you my life. Jesus, teach me and help me. But today I start by saying yes to you. And so Father, I thank you for my friends who have prayed this prayer today. As they walk into this rich life, teach them, grow them, bring maturity within them. And I know that you will exchange some of our ignorant moments to wisdom. And I know that you will bring a direction step and you will help us forward. So Jesus, I thank you today for your goodness and your voice. Help us as sheep together though today to know our shepherd's voice. Help us to become familiar as we spend time with you. And today we acknowledge you as the door and the gate. Thank you that we enter through you, we find life, abundant life. I pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Can we say thank you to those who said yes to Jesus this morning? For those of you that did raise a hand in these moments, there is a number and a word. The word is life. Text the word life to 250-478-7113. Whether before you leave this room today or get this into your... We'd love to hear from you because our pastors would love to come alongside of you and help you with this. Church, I hope that you have a fantastic week. I hope that you will come back next week as we pick up another of the IMs. Get signed up for baptisms if you haven't yet and have a fantastic week. We love you, and we'll see you next week.